Have you heard about the guys over at Chinook Seedery? They are the only sunflower seed company that is taking the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at ChinookSeedery.com. Pass game. Gas a good night. Gas and Moore is now in a quarterback. And here's Dylan Sampson. Did they just do it again? Sampson will take it for 80. This is... Vanderbilt is usually very structurally sound, very fundamental, tackles well, and that's just the, hey, I'm going to run you over, and then I'm going to keep running for 80 yards. Wow. Yo, what is up? You hear the music. You heard the intro. You know what time it is. It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined as always by my co-hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers, and the game's all back because we got a good one. We got episode 13 titled Rise Up because tonight we're talking Randy. We are talking University of Tennessee football finally for you. I know you've been waiting for weeks for this episode, but we got Dylan Sampson, star running back, joining us. Man, I don't want to waste any time. Let's get right to it. Let's get his story. Let's talk Tennessee football. Guys, help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview on podcasting this week, our man, University of Tennessee volunteer football star, Dylan Camp. Dylan, our man, Tennessee football on deck. How you doing tonight? I'm good, you know, good. Yeah, we are excited to have you, man. Uh, you know, football season is upon us. It is right there. But before we get into your story, before we talk Tennessee football, we got to break the ice. You know, if you could have your own talk show and you could have any guest, any guest, doesn't got to be an athlete, can be an athlete, who is the first guest you want on your talk show? Oh, man. I think I gotta see Alvin Kamara, man. I feel like he gotta. That's one of the people I look up to for real. I watched a couple of his interviews. I feel like he got a lot of knowledge and wisdom inside, but also like outside the game too, man. For real. So is that the reason for the number choice? Uh, part of part of it, you know, part of it was um, I had like a connection to that number uh when I was younger, but he obviously was my favorite player, so I mean that would mean a lot to play in that um. Have you met him? No, no, I haven't met him. Yeah, no, uh, Alvin Kamara is somebody that would be on the top of my list. So, you know, we talked before this. We both Saints fans, so so I'm with you on that. 
You know, I was reading through your uh, your bio, man. It said favorite movie is Juice. I've watched it so many times. I'm gonna put <laughs> you on the spot right now. Give me all four members of the crew. Here you got you got Raheem Bishop. You got Tupac Shakur, obviously. When I said that, that's Bishop right there. You got um, what did they call it, Fat Boy? Uh, what did they call Steel? They call Steel. I need my main they, character. What's you up? got Q? All right, Q. Q. All right, making sure, making sure we can't have that on there and then not know the crew. No, nah, man, I got the poster in the back right here. You oh, know? sure enough. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of crew, we've had a weird uh, question that's become very popular. Say the uh, say the zombie apocalypse came upon us and you had to have a crew. Three Tennessee teammates that you felt like would help you survive. Man, who are you choosing? <laughs> uh, I'm going to take Joe Milton, Jalen Wright, and... Uh, squirrel white. So we uh, we went the offensive players. No no defensive guys to to help you out. I mean, <laughs> hey, I I know they got. I my felt back like there was too. some favoritism on that pick there, Dylan. Nah, I mean they got my back too. But <laughs> all right, this one's a fun one, man. Do you have a childhood celebrity crush going up? And if so, who was it? I really didn't. I mean. I never really looked at celebrities like like that growing up, for real. Like, they was just normal people to me. I heard that. All right, well, I do know this. You got to have a favorite athlete growing up. Who was that? Uh, Reggie Bush, definitely. He, um, he was the person that made me uh, want to become a running back. I feel like he made a lot of people want to play running back, especially uh, in Louisiana at that time. Everybody wanted number 25. Um, but, man, just watching him, the things he did – he uh you know playing for the hometown i mean home state uh team man it was just you know different having somebody that like electric watching growing up yeah no and he had his up and downs but you know during that super bowl run you know it like he was huge against arizona and minnesota obviously man everybody got fired up he brought up the bring the wood bat like that that yeah. whole run like you know so for all the injury problems and you know the ups and downs, when it mattered most, he was he was clutch. And so yeah, yeah uh he huge, would. huge Reggie Bush fan. So between you saying Alvin Kamara and Reggie Bush, we good, Dylan. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, for sure. When when Jim sent us the the notes tonight, he was like, Oh, I need a few minutes to talk to him about about Reggie Bush. He was he was fired up that that Reggie Bush was up there. So <laughs> Why don't y'all just go ahead and say y'all think he's overrated. Let's get a fight going. You you gave him his five minutes of fame. <laughs> See, this ain't about Reggie. This is this is about Dylan, and that's where we're gonna stick. <laughs> so let's let's get into this, Dylan, man. Tell me a little bit about where you're from. Uh so I'm uh born and raised in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Been there my whole life. Um all of my family is in a in a smaller town, uh Marksville, Louisiana is more central. I'm talking about like all of my family. So all my ties are in Louisiana. Man, I'm like, you know, that's my culture, like thinking, you know, thinking through, you know. I got you. So tell me about family a little bit. You got mom, dad in the house, brothers and sisters, grandma, grandpa, who? Yeah. So um, so like since I since we uh my parents moved away from that a small town, um, you know, I have a lot of family, but like growing up, it was really just uh you know, us in Baton Rouge, I got two brothers, uh, twins, they're, um, two older brothers, they're twins, and I have a little sister, and my mom and my dad, it was really just, uh, 
you know, us in Baton Rouge, you know what I'm saying, for most of it. Then we'll, like, go see my family uh, back home, you know, every now and then. But, you know, that was, you know, that was it for real. You got a tight, tight-knit little family, obviously two brothers and a little sister. So how old are the older brothers? They are, they're 28, 28. So you, you getting beat up on a little bit growing up? Man, they, I couldn't get away with nothing with them. Like, <laughs> I it was nowhere to run, man, nowhere to hide. They, they would get me in trouble too, for real. But it's, um, I mean, it's really crazy that uh, we all so close though, even, uh, you know what I'm saying? They're a little bit older, but uh, yeah, it was it was fun. I just I'm blessed to have them uh, in my life. I'm I'm assuming that you know they played sports, so you started playing sports. Um, at what age do you, do you start you know picking up a football or running or whatever the case might be? Are you like I picture you being this elite athlete and like you just come out of the womb and you just running? <laughs> That's what my mama said. Uh, she said. You know, I came out of the womb. I was walking like at like seven months, I think. Um, uh, born early, came out the womb running. But I think I always, I always loved to run around and uh, pick up the ball. You know what I'm saying? Before I actually got into the sport, I mean, I was always outside. You know what I'm saying? But definitely watching my brothers play football and um, they played DB. They didn't play offense, but just watching them play and the time they played and the people they played with. You know, like. I wanted to be like them. So I eventually, you know, told my mom to sign me up for football. I wasn't being for real, though. And I didn't think she was actually going to do it. But she did it <laughs> one day um, after school. I was in my my khaki pants. We wear uniforms down in Louisiana. I had my khaki pants. She bought me straight there. I thought I was going to get number 25 like Reggie Bush. They gave me number 86. It was about third, third grade. I'm, Running back with number 86, you know, thrown straight into the fire. We doing <laughs> laying on the ground, coach blow the whistle, we hitting each other. This is my first day out there. But um, so that was my first time playing like organized football. I used to play flag football, but that I hardly, I vaguely have memories of that. But that was my first time playing organized football, and I didn't play again until the seventh grade. Man. Yeah, so I, I really only played football like one year out of my like childhood, and I didn't play again until the seventh grade. What's funny is I picture Daniel him actually practicing in the khaki pants because he led with the story on that. <laughs> that'd, yep. that'd be funny. You got uppers on with khaki pants. <laughs> no, I did. I did have. Uh, oh man, that's a that's like a Tide commercial or like a spray and wash commercial. Out what? Of <laughs> They could have used me for real. Definitely. So obviously you start growing, you know, you grow up, you play, you said you took a break and you came back to it. Um, eventually, you know, seventh grade, you're back playing football again. But, you know, at what point, you know, do you go, I need to take this seriously and I need to like commit to this. Or when you start back playing, do you go, oh, I'll just try it out and see what happens. Well, um, before that, before I like kind of get into that, I was like, I would talk about it like at a point in my time because I was doing summer track. So I wasn't doing nothing. Like track was like really what really helped me, you know what I'm saying? Stay in shape and stay conditioned and like really like excel me to, like to where I needed to be. You know what I'm saying? I never touched a weight until I got to high school, but track was a big part of my life, you know? And um, that was another thing my mama just signed me up for. I didn't even know that was a thing. But I'm glad she did it because, like, um, it really helped me 
you know, improve my game and my athleticism and all the day. But it's a point in time where I was just looking for like any reason to just quit. Like I would say it was around 2016. They had the great flood come through. Um, great flood of 2016 happened. And like, it was, you know, you know, school was out for like three weeks and um, that was going to be my seventh grade year. You know, once you start seventh grade at my school, you ain't allowed to play football. And I had just finished summer track in nationals in Texas, Houston. So I was tired. I was worn out. I did good um, place, got a, a third medal in the 200. But I was just like, my mom asked me if I was going to try out for the team. And I was just like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't feel like it. Like, I'm just, you know what I'm saying? And then the flood happened. It pushed, pushed on like a uh, school back. And then uh, my grandfather, um, he, he was uh, dealing with cancer and then he ended up in the hospital. So we drove um, down there, like to where all my family is about two hours away from Van Rouge. We was there for about a week. You know, he was in the hospital for about a week. I went talk to him, went see him, um, you know, for a little bit. And then just one morning, my mom came in the room, told me that he uh, passed away. And then like, you know, kind of, you know, I shared some tears and I, then I was kind of using that as an excuse. Like, I don't want to play. Like, I don't want to do nothing. You know what I mean? But then I think when I just got back home and, you know, it was time to go back to school, I just realized like, you know what I'm saying? You know, there's a reason for all this stuff, you know, probably happened in my life, you know, cause growing up, my problem was always like starting something new. But once I started it, I was fine. But like, you know, I just overcame that, you know, I jumped into it, tried out for the team and, you know, it just ran off from there. But I would say, you know, ever since seventh grade, I've been on football, but I didn't realize, like, I always took it serious, like, cause I always wanted to be the best at everything I could do, but I didn't really take it serious, like college wise until like I got my first offer because I didn't even know what the offer was. I was just playing this game that I, you know, I loved. Was, was that an yeah. Was that in high school? Yeah, it was uh, in high school. Well, so, high school was it? Uh, Dutchtown High School. Uh, I was at Dutchtown High School. Yeah. Um, but I got I got my first offer from Nichols State University, and I didn't. I mean, my coach gave me the call. He let me talk to the coach on the phone. I didn't even know what it meant. Like I was like, "Thank you." And then some of my upperclassmen teammates said, "Like you need to post that on Twitter." And like um, they kind of helped me out with that. And like I downloaded Twitter, made a Twitter, posted that. And then about a week later, Tennessee offered me. Like a week later, my sophomore year, Tennessee offered me. Well, I, I, like, I can imagine why, you know, these these schools are starting to offer you, man. Like you're a four-star prospect. You're 15th overall out of the state of Louisiana. Uh, you shattered NFL and Dutchtown alum. Eddie Lacy's program record for all-time rushing yards. You racked up 4,927 yards, 521 carries. You broke your school single-game rushing mark of 23 carries for 287 yards and four touchdowns. You finished your season, senior season as team captain with 1,673 all-purpose yards, including 1,374 rushing, to go along with 22 touchdowns in 2021. You were named a finalist for the 2021 Work Done Award. You were named the Advocates 2020 Most Outstanding Offensive Player for Class 5A, 4A. You were All-Metro. You were selected to LSWA's Class 5A All-State team. And then on top of that, you were a standout on a track. You were timed at a 
10.48 seconds and the 121.16 and the 204.3 in the 40. You were named 2022 All-Metro Track Squad and posted a 4.0 GPA. And on top of that, to add insult to injury to, to us average folks, you were homecoming king. Yep. <laughs> that, that is unbelievable just because – a lot of times you get elite athletes like yourself on here and they, they'll be really smart academically and they will go, you know, I was, I had to work really hard. Um, or you have the, the converse to that. You have athletes who are very gifted, worked really hard, but the academics weren't as strong. And, or you had guys that had academics and the athleticism, but they, their social game wasn't on point. You were the literal total package when it comes to your athletic career, your academic career, and your social game all being on point. And it, it's crazy to me that um, reading these just it, it it takes me back, man. Like it, it really like I had to look through this a couple times because these these numbers are unbelievable. When I read those numbers to you, what do those things mean to you? Man, like when you started reading that, because I haven't, you know, I've been so in, you know, you know, the moment of now, but it's like, it's really just, if anything, it really just make me want to keep going. Like, because that reminds me of like where I started, you know, like why I got to where I got to. And like, when you started reading those numbers, I started thinking about all the memories, all the teammates that I played with. And it's really just like the foundation of the, like the base where I started. It's like whenever like somebody brings up the past, like it kind of like continues to fuel me for the future. You know what I mean? Because that's my that's my foundation. That's why I started um, getting noticed and you know really taking it seriously. Let's let's talk about that. Those memories. What was your favorite game and your favorite season? Um. I would say it, I really think it's between two games. Um, one of them we won, one of them we lost. I mean, I don't, I don't like the memory of losing, but just like I, the first game, I would say was the game where I, uh, I broke Eddie Lacy's records, and um, that was a game we picked up. Like, wasn't even supposed to play. You know, somehow we always have some type of uh, hurricane or weather incident that causes us to lose a game, and so we had to find a different game. We traveled four hours to play this team. Um, and they're known uh Washita, they're known as being a pretty good, um, pretty good like competitor in the state every year. So like we go there like four hours on the bus, like playing a game we're not supposed to play. And you know, we just out there trying to win, like, you know, all of us working. And you know, I didn't even know I broke the record, you know, it was like such a good team game. You know, they told me on the bus, and it was just like, you know, I couldn't believe it. But I would say, like, my sophomore year, we played Rustin. It was the first round of the playoffs. And we had, we had, we was at home. And, like, it was kind of started off slow. But, man, like, we started rolling uh, bottom of the, like, first half and second half just started rolling. I had four touchdowns in that playoff game. I had a real clutch one that got, uh, got us back the lead. And I just remember somebody videoing it, so like uh, an older person that I used to talk to. And just like, I can still remember like the people screaming in the back when I, you know, broke 
I broke a couple of tackles and I ran it in. It was a real clutch moment. And just thinking back to like how young I was, you know, on that varsity level, um, you know, just trying to put on for the team and do my best. Like that was probably, you know, one of the best memories I have just playing, like win or loss, like at uh, Dutch Town. I mean, you got to think back and go, you know, especially where, where you're at now, you go, man, I actually got on a bus, rode four hours, got off the bus, played a game, got back on the bus, rode another four hours to the crib. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, yeah. and then Daniel, did all that while you were there. Yeah. Daniel, what I was thinking about, he was talking about that ball uh, or, you know, breaking the record. I started thinking about walking into his school. It's, Dylan, is there a case that's got a whole bunch of your stuff in it right when you walk up in the school? Oh, I haven't been in a long time, but I know my football coach has a lot of stuff, um, a lot of stuff that he, um, you know, got over the years and, um, you know, he has it. Like, he he showed me some of it, but I they definitely have it somewhere. But, man, I'm, it's just, like, blessed to receive all those. Like, I mean, Daniel, 4,927 yards. That thing needs to be on display right when you walk into school. <laughs> I think the coach is holding it, man. He's trying to hold up. So that way Dylan's in the league. He's going to start sealing it on eBay, Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> His jersey, everything. He got all of it. Man, crazy. The, the Dylan Sampson Fieldhouse, the Dylan Sampson Practice Facility. <laughs> oh, they're going to be hitting you up for sure. Hey, if I can get, man, when I, I got the ability to give back, I will for sure. Yeah. So, Dylan, let's let's close out this part before we get into the Tennessee with Randy. All right, obviously, you talked about Nickel State, and then you talked briefly about Tennessee entering the picture. Were there any other schools that were in the recruiting process? And then, if so, how does Tennessee become the number one and where you inevitably go to? I'm going to actually tell you this. So, like, you know, uh, sophomore years were really, like, put me on the map, and I started getting those recruitments. Tennessee was my first Power 5 offer, first SEC offer. But, you know, I started to get other offers, Mississippi State. I got Florida. I was talking to Bama, LSU. Um, I was talking with Georgia. Uh, I was talking with schools all over, you know, Cal, Purdue, you know, real smart schools. But, like, it was a point in time where I told myself, like, man, even though my my favorite player went here, SEC, like, I want to play in the SEC, like, you know, best conference. Like, I told myself I, I'm like, I'm, I just can't go to Tennessee. I'll never go to Tennessee because of what was going on, like, at the time. Like, my recruiting was weird. Communication was weird. I mean, you, we obviously saw what, you know, went on. Coaching staff got out of the picture. And, like, man, I mean, I would just look in the – media and the news it was like a player getting in trouble with the law like every other day and it's like man like I'm not leaving a place like Baton Rouge to go to somewhere that like not gonna help me develop as a man like no matter how bad I wanted to play in the SEC like I just couldn't do that so like I told myself I would never go to Tennessee so like I was really stuck for a moment like where I would go because I mean I had I just really wasn't feeling it you know what I'm saying I had I was really liking Purdue, the, uh, the coaches that I had. But I wanted to play in the SEC. Like, I wasn't trying to limit myself. Then Coach Hypo started recruiting me at UCF, offered me over there. About a week later, he gets the job at Tennessee. Man, I'm glad then you didn't go there. like, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know. But then it's like, okay, I like, you know what I'm saying? He got the Tennessee. 
they got a new running back coach. So I had the, you know, not the running back coach that he had at UCF. They got brought coach Jerry Mackey in from, uh, from Rice. And so I had to develop a relationship with, you know, with him. But, you know, we was talking about a week later, they ended up offering me and I was just like, okay, like, you know what I'm saying? And what really got me was just like the family atmosphere. Like I would say out of my recruitment coach, Hypo, out of any head coach that I had an offer from, he talked to me the most, like made it his business to call like his recruits and face to face and at least once a week, you know what I'm saying? You know, you don't usually hear from the head coach. You hear from recruiting people. You may be a position coach, but not the head coach for real. But like he made it his business and made it feel like he wanted me to be there. And, um, you know, I took the visit, felt the energy, felt the love, um, that family atmosphere. And I just felt like it was the right place for me. It was the right place for you, Dylan. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to talk about why. But let's talk about that. So you, a long process, obviously, you go from not thinking Tennessee was even going to be really an option, a viable option, to now yeah. you're you're in Knoxville, you're on the hill. Talk about what those emotions are like. Are you more excited, nervous, or all the above? Man, it's, it's really like excitement. Like, I mean, it's just like, especially now that we, you know, get finally getting close to ball again, it's just like, Man, you've been waiting for so long, you know, to get out the cage. It's the fan base, the energy. It's obviously it's you know it's nerves for sure, but like it's so much excitement and like competitiveness, like just ready to go. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. So let's talk about it a little bit. Three hundred ninety-seven yards rushing, fifty-eight carries, six touchdowns during your freshman campaign. That's six point eight four yards per carry. Before we get into specific games, I just want to talk about the difference. You talked about your high school a lot, all the records you broke, the competition level. I'm talking about from internal, from camp to games. Was it a, a bit of a, a shock, or was it you've been seeing talent this whole time? Um, Like from high school? Yeah, from high school to college. Um, The difference is, you know, and I feel like you could say this anywhere. Like I'm, I feel like no matter where you go to high school, like, it will just never be the same as like, playing on, you know, this level, like, cause I played good competition. I played against Mason Smith, my, uh, you know, DN at LSU my junior year, but like, that's just one man. Like, right. you know, that's just one man on the field. He was a D lineman. Like he couldn't do that much. You know what I'm saying? Like he's, he can't be his whole team. Right. So like the biggest difference is you come here is like, everybody was the best player at their school. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? Is athletic. Everybody's fast. Like the stuff that flies in high school will not fly. And so I've been, I knew that before coming into this situation, but like, I would say the way I approached camp my freshman year, like I was eager to like prove that, like, you know what I'm saying? They could use me in somehow, some way, like I'm going to learn this offense and like, I'm gonna make y'all trust me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm gonna show y'all what I could do, but I feel like just practicing with, you know, ID line, you know, the, the athletes that we have, you know what I'm saying? The amount of stuff you do in camp, you just take that over to the game and it just transitions, you know? Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. You're talking about the transition. But when you get to Tennessee, obviously one of the things Heupel is known for is that offense and just running and running. You're, you're snapping the ball every eight to ten seconds sometimes. So talk about your weight room, nutrition. You talk about learning the playbook. I can only imagine a smart guy like you picks it up, but it's got to be a lot, right, learning an offense like that. Yeah, so – and what what really was like I was 
thinking about the whole time was because I didn't enroll early. Like I had another back in my mm -hmm. class enroll early, another couple of offensive players enroll early. I had the option, but I didn't. I chose not to. And that's a decision I had to live with. Couldn't regret it. You know what I mean? We make our decisions and we got to live with it, like whatever comes with it. But so, you know, I didn't enroll early. So I knew like I had to be on time because when you get here in the summer, like it's go time. Like it's meetings, walkthroughs, lift, getting ready for camp. Everything is getting ready for camp, getting ready for season. It's not that long. So like I'm talking about when I got here, it's, you know, it's getting adjusted. It's 7 a.m. lifts, you know what I'm saying? Getting used to the lifts, teaching you everything in and out, uh, shakes in between, meals in between, snacks in between, just to get, you know what I'm saying, maintain weight, gain weight. Um, so on top of, like, keeping yourself physically ready for everything you got to do, mentally, I was in the building every day. Like, we would have walkthroughs on Monday, Tuesday. I'm in the building on that Sunday meeting with my coaches going over to like, cause like I'll be damned if I be the person that's messing up on the walkthrough. I'm a freshman. I'm not finna go out there looking stupid. Like I'm gonna mess up now. And then when we go to the walkthroughs, I'm gonna be on the, you know, I'm gonna be on the right timing, you know? So like, I think it's just a combination of, I feel like I'll pick up things pretty easily, but the like attention to detail that I brought to it helped me pick up this offense um fast you know what i'm saying and then the main part is once you know it you got to go do it right it's, like it's different because now you know it but now you got to be on that field looking at the signal playing get your cleats in the ground playing fast like that's the major thing but once you get in that flow and once you get it you know what i'm saying you got it no doubt you hear a lot of people a lot of haters say uh gimmick offense until yeah. they play it yeah and then they're like looking around i mean we're going to talk about the games in a minute but let's let's talk about one game in particular that Jim was actually in person to see. You're from Baton Rouge, from Louisiana. You you guys go down to LSU. First question I got is how many family members were in the stadium that day to watch you? Man, we uh I had a lot. Yeah, I don't even think I could count my mom. I don't know how we got all them tickets. Now to, I know uh, why the stadium was 50-50, <laughs> Randy. Yeah, no <laughs> I don't know how we got all them tickets to give uh to my people, but you know, my grandma came, a couple of my cousins, um, uncles. Uh, brothers for sure, family, immediate family for sure. And then it was just like, I was just like, it was crazy how everything unfolded my first year at Tennessee, just like the season we had. Tennessee ain't played LSU in a long time. And that's right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm from Baton Rouge. We going they don't want to play us again after that. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm just telling you that I've been to so many games. And I ain't never said, look, all these people try to say that there wasn't that many Tennessee fans. I said, yes, there was. Nah, I was like, I've seen Randy lie. pictures. I was like, I've never seen another fan base come up yeah. into Death Valley like that. It felt like a it felt like a home game. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like, well, especially because you ran the fans out of there by halftime. So it yeah, was no, nah, it felt like a home game for real. It was, but like it was just a blessing just going back home. Cause you know, I had, I had people, you know, DMing me, uh, you know, friends trying to like trash talk, you know, oh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't answer it, you know what I'm saying? Until after the game. So that was like one of the best feelings, you know? Let me ask you a question. If I remember right, that you, you had been out with injury. You came back for the LSU game, right? Mm -hmm. you, you didn't rush it back or nothing, did you Dylan? Just to get back <laughs> and play in that game. Man, no, nah, I was, I was, um, I definitely wasn't a hundred percent, but like, you're never going to be a hundred percent playing this game. You know what I'm saying? Man. And, I'm not finna, like, I was, you know, good enough to, you know what I'm saying, go out there and, like, you know what I'm saying? Once Dang once you that. start camp, you're never going to be 100%. So, like, I'm not missing that opportunity. 
You know what, Randy? I just realized because he's a Saints fan, Dylan needs to have a pep talk with Michael Thomas about you're never going to be 100%. You need to play. <laughs> you mean Slant Boy? Hey, man. Slant Boy. Crazy. <laughs> but look, so obviously, you know, that's that's a couple of big wins off the rip, right? You beat Florida into, into drought. You smoke LSU in Baton Rouge. Now you're starting to feel yourself a little bit, right? It's all coming to fruition. Now you got Alabama coming into Neyland Stadium, and I've been a Tennessee fan for – 35 years i ain't too young but i don't know that i've ever seen an atmosphere like the alabama tennessee game was this year obviously then hendon hooker was amazing i could name off a, a thousand different plays that game that just really stand out but for you being on that team going through the tunnel what was that atmosphere like man it was just like because i remember the first sec game we had florida and i was like this is crazy and then when we came out for Bama, it was like, man, like, I could just wow. feel it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we finna go out here and, like, it's going to be a game. Like, you know what I mean? It's going to be a game. And it was just, like, running running through the T. Man, it's like no other place to be, like, at that moment. It was no other place to be. Like, man, man. no, no doubt. And, look, and like I said, so many different plays. But what really stood out to me the whole game was that you guys never looked rattled no matter what happened, especially, obviously, with Hendon at the helm. The guy, is he is he as cool in the huddle as he seems? Because, I mean, the dude yeah. is just like, I'm going to go do what I do. Yeah, he is. He, I mean, he's a natural-born like natural born leader. That was one of his, you know, best qualities, try to keep his composure, smart football player, you know what I'm saying, attention to details. And so, like, he was just a good leader, you know, a good leader of this offense, um, you know, team player, tough you know what i'm saying battling through injuries like he's you know tough player and so like just having somebody like that on the team to help keep composure down even when you're getting up on a team like alabama you know you need that on the team you know let's talk about it for a second though i know this ain't you but jalen hyatt absolutely he cooked him like he owes him child support dog yeah, I mean, it just I mean, when you when you're on the team with a guy that's feeling it like he was, because it didn't matter what route he really ran, they could not stop him. They were yeah. going over the top high. They were trying to cut off the underneath. He did what he wanted to do. So I mean, what was it like on the sidelines with that dude? Man, it was just like it really was just unbelievable. Like you know what I'm saying? I don't even think he was just so focused, laser focused in the moment, and it was just like I don't think he realized like the effect of the what he did until after the game he was just going out there playing and he I knew he realized like you know what I'm saying Hyatt always had the confidence in himself and I like I don't think people realize that like he was always a good player like I think just you know what I'm saying he took a little bit you know a little bit you know maturity but like you know this was his you know what I'm saying said was down like yeah you know it was you know what I'm saying? So to the world, to the world, it was just like he came out of nowhere. But this was like a constant grind. Like, no, not us. Not Randy, this, Randy, this is my question for him. You know, I, I look at the fact that Dylan ran a four three and you look at high speed, man. Did you ever get a chance to just uh, practice line up and race him? We never raced like they always. It's a couple people on the team. We always we always love to throw shots, but nobody ever wants to race. Nobody, they didn't really want that smoke. Man, I'm. It's a lot. We got a lot of speed on this team. So well, he, Hyatt ain't no fluke because he already showed it in two preseason games uh, oh, in yeah. the NFL. Nah. Like 
that safety that, was 20 yards behind him. That's oh, some more of that g- gimmick offense they're talking about. He'd be rolling. <laughs> one last question, Dylan, about the Alabama game. When, whenever the, it finally goes through, I didn't think it was going to go through. I ain't going to lie to you. It looked like it was knuckling. But, you know, Chase gets it in. They start rushing the field. Once they all get on there, I mean, it made for one of the most iconic photos you've ever seen. Yeah. But what was it like actually being on the field while that was happening? Was it just chaos? Do you remember it? Man, I remember because, like, you know, in my mind, I'm a boy from Baton Rouge, and like, you know, what I'm saying, I at at that time, you just realize we're just winning the game. You're not thinking about the history behind this game, and people finna rush this field. So we go, we run on the field, celebrate with Chase, but then it's like, as soon as you know, if like 15 seconds later, it's like random people, frat boys in my face, collared shirts, like telling me like, we love you, we freaking love you, like I'm like, oh my, like you know what I'm saying, like this. Before I know it, like, I don't know where I'm at. I can't find the sideline. I can't find the locker room. I'm getting through everybody just saying, we love you. We same, same. Can I have your gloves? Like, let me get your helmet. Like, Bro, they were taking grass off the field and putting it in their pocket, man. He said, he said they asked for his helmet. <laughs> crazy. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. They Look, they took the goalpost straight out the stadium, threw it in the river. Man. It's still down there. Crazy. But look, man, let's talk about you specifically. Obviously, you know, your your first 100-yard rushing game at Tennessee is at Vanderbilt, which is really a home game for Tennessee. 12 carries, 131 yards, including that 80-yard scoring burst where you showed off that speed in the fourth quarter. Uh, you were freshman of the week that week, and I, I'm going to ask you how, how that breakout performance feel, but first thing I want to talk about is the field conditions. I mean, because it was raining and nasty, like, all game long. So does that worry you as a running back with speed? Um, No, not really. It's just really – it really like just alerts you more that we like finna run the ball because like it's hard to throw it. So it's like, you just got to get in that zone. Like, I mean, it's, you can't use, I mean, it's, you just got to get used to it. Can't use excuses. Like if you're going to be that guy, like, man, the conditions are the conditions. You got to go out, get warmed up, get used to it. That's what, you know, warms up, warm ups off of, but it was cold. It was rainy, but yeah. like, man, you know, we just went out there and we played ball, you know, just having fun. It looked like a lot of fun. Fifty-six nothing is fun for one oh, team. Yeah, no, yeah. But uh, <laughs> and team. and look, and that that it's not, I would not maybe rivalry is the wrong word, but Vanderbilt had one more win to get to a bowl game. Obviously, we know what had happened to Tennessee the week before, with laying the egg in South Carolina. All that stuff being said, there was a lot of chatter, Dylan, yeah. about man Vanderbilt's prime for the upset. And I was yeah. telling everybody, I said, no, they're not. Like Joe Milton is more than capable. We got running back, a stable of running backs. Like we're going to be fine. We're going to be good. And obviously it was domination. Yeah. But uh, just for you to have that breakout game, what did that specifically mean to you? Was it more like, look, I'm I'm here. This is my stage. Um, Yeah, it was just like, you know, I'm just going out there having fun. Like just, you know, anytime I get on the field, touch that ball, I want to show everybody like, you know, what I could do. You know what I'm saying? Just how I can operate in this offense, especially being a true freshman. Um, but I, I actually would say, like, the when I really felt like that was against Mizzou um, at home. Because, like, when I uh, when I got in the game, man, it just felt like every run I had was just, like, was just popping. Like, man, and, you know, just, you know, getting the opportunity to play with those boys and, uh, last home game, man, just be able to go out there and rush for them there 100 yards on, like, nine carries, man, that was, you know, that was, like, the first just, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to show, you know, who you, who I am, you know? 
And then yeah, obviously South Carolina happened, man, but bounce back. And like Vandy, man, it's just time to build off that and just continue to grow as a player. So like, man, man I just, you know, yeah, trying hey, to dominate. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the one to own this, Dylan. Man, I I glossed over that because it made such a big deal about your hundred yard performance. Man, that's my bust. You all had ninety eight yards, so they 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 kind of left that out. But on eight carries, <laughs> eight carries, ninety eight yards, and a touchdown against Missouri. That's my bust. Oh, yeah. I, I I remember it because it yeah, was. He's I gotta... a Tennessee fan. I man, I was somewhere in Tiger Stadium. I wasn't watching Tennessee Missouri. <laughs> yeah. But let me ask you a question, man, because ain't none of us know what this feels like. When you get to that second level, man, you see it's open field in front of you, man. What's that feeling like, Dylan? Man, I mean, we've seen you do it a couple times. Do you ever feel like you're gonna get caught? No, it's just <laughs> it's like you know, um, like the the mindset there is like, man, if somebody's in front of me, I'm gonna make a miss. Like, you know, it's it's rare that like running backs we actually get to show like our speed. You know, we fight so much through the trash, and like when we get a good run, like we savor it. And like, you know, it's sometimes it's really it's really hard to just get out in open field with nobody's in front of you, you know. But you know, the mindset is like, the first person is not gonna tackle me. The first person that touches me not gonna tackle me. And when I get through the second level, they're not gonna tackle. Me. Like we always say that in our running back room. Like, man, like any any good offensive line will get you to the second level. But if you really a dude, you know what I'm saying? That guy, that second level is not gonna make that tackle. Is it just? You know what I'm saying? It can't happen. Like, that's no, a difference. Big facts. But let's talk about a little bit more. So, obviously, uh, Heupel's kind of got this thing going. It's your freshman year. How successful do you feel like your freshman season was as a team and for yourself? Because, obviously, I talked about it. You beat Florida, LSU, Bama, blow out Vanderbilt, Clemson in the bowl game when everybody was picking Clemson to win. So, looking back on the season, having a little perspective, what did the season mean to you? Man, it just made me, like, it made me really, like, like, feel like, you know, God helped me make the right decision. Like, I feel like I came at the perfect time. Like, I feel like there was no better time to come to Tennessee. Rejuvenated, you know, rejuvenated fan base, rejuvenated team, new coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is something new we got going on. Like, so just reflecting back on the season and taking that, like, you got to look at that, you know what I'm saying? Use that as motivation, but you can't be too stuck on the path because now we got something to prove. You know what I'm saying? Not to nobody else, but to ourselves. You know what I'm saying? That we going to go out there and do it again with this team. Because this team, you know, whatever we did last year, you know, that was, you know, I said I said this in front of the team one time this offseason. I said, like, um, I said, like, man, like, we could dwell on that, you know, appreciate those moments. But, like, like this is a new team right now. This is a new roster, new team, new year. And we going to make our mark. Like, we going to make our own mark. Like, like. All look, and I always say, man, Coach Hype will always tell us, get off the media, because it's really not good. People got too many opinions. And it's just like, that's what, I mean, that's what their job for. Our job is to play the game. And if we get too involved in that opinions, it's just going to mess with our play. But like, yep. so I told, like, I told my run, uh, the running back group, or really the offense one time, and I was just like, man, I love this. I love this, but like, I'm not from here. Like, I don't know what happened before I got here, and I honestly don't care because this is what we got going on right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, they could say we lost, we ain't beat Bama in so many years. I wasn't on that team. <laughs> like, nah, you weren't even was, playing football probably because you, you didn't was play on for a team. while. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you could say that, but that don't got nothing to do with us. This is us now, and this is who we will be and strive to be every time we touch that field. 
You know, and I talk about this. Obviously, we've had a lot of Tennessee baseball players on, and that was kind of like the program that Vitello and those players built, right? And that's the kind of the same thing you're doing. Like, Dylan, you're a part of – and I've been a Tennessee fan a long time. You're a part of rebuilding that legacy and getting Tennessee back to where the fans always think they should be. I'm a realistic fan. I don't always think, you know, they should be 12-0 and every year. It's hard in the SEC, right? Yeah. But, yeah, like that's, that's something I hope that – I and I say this to a lot of guys, that in a couple more years when you're in the league, I hope you can look back and look at what you and this team have built them back into and appreciate that in the moment and after. Yeah, no, for real, for real. But listen, let's talk about it this year, right? Last year's team, that's last year, man. Those those 10, 11 wins, that ain't yeah. going to help you this year. That ain't going to help, for real. So coming into this year, obviously, I think uh, that the offense, obviously, three-headed monster. You guys got running backs, Jalen, Jabari, yourself. I mean, it's loaded back there. Joe Milton, the most talented quarterback in the country. Do not care what anybody else has to say. You got – receivers for days the offense we know what it is yep. people sleeping on the defense but we're gonna get into that in a second <laughs> let's talk about how nice is it for you right now a lot of people look at it like three three running backs man that's taking carries away but for you guys you seem to embrace it and always just be ready to step up when your number's called how do you guys do that man like what you got to understand especially in this league is like you can't be selfish like like i'm not gonna lie we like having at least, you know what I'm saying? And the young guys coming along too, you know what I'm saying? That's talent there. But having like, you know, us three with, you know, playing experience, man, that's like really reliable. Like you never know when you might, like you might not be on one night and you need, we need somebody to go spark something. Like we, you know what I'm saying? We challenge each other. We play well together. And the SEC season, like, like college season is long. Like it's bruises, it's bumps and bruises. Like just not having so much mileage, like, you know what I'm saying? As the season, like, that's just better for the overall health of our room, of our offense. And plus, like, man, the way we push each other, the way we, like, help each other out, man, like, it's like, it's no selfishness, man. We all trying to be our best. And we all, like, believe that we are the guy, which, in gen like, makes us better. You know what I mean? 100%. 100%, man. Last question before I turn you back over to Jim. You talked about it, right? This team's going to make their mark. You guys' expectation, Hypo's expectation, everybody's, right? It ain't to go backwards, I'm sure. Just talk about your expectations for the season and what you guys want to do this year. Man, you know, I'm I'm a live in the present type of guy. Like, Appreciate man, I'm, I'm a live in the present. Like, right now, we getting ready for Virginia. Like, we just got out of fall camp. And, like, man, if we take care of business in the present, we're going to look back at the past and know we took care of business. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, right now, it's just that first game. We're going to dominate. You know what I'm saying? The goal is every week is just to be, be the best team on the field that week. Like, we're not competing with people we're not playing with right now to be the best team on the field that week. Come out plus one. That's what Coach Hypo said. Come out plus one on a whole lot more. And things will take care of itself. You know what I'm saying? Stay mentally strong. Stay durable, you know. And, you know, man, you going to do something. Well, I've been impressed by, you know, your knowledge and just talking about your team. And I'm just glad y'all ain't playing LSU this year. So I can root for you. And I ain't got to worry about what you're going to do to my team. Because like Randy said, I got a little PTSD. You know, I'm not looking forward to seeing <laughs> Orange across the way. Man, I, I talk a lot of smack coming to that. I'm not going to lie to you. And, tennis, you, you know, Vol Twitter got no mercy 
um man they they came for me and they did me in like yeah. <laughs> bro, i'm talking about i I was photoshopped into to neyland stadium wearing tennessee gear like that's amazing <laughs> what folks can do with the damn computer these days so it's crazy yeah so i'll be i'll be rooting for you i'm glad uh, the only way i hope we see you is sec championship other than yep. that man man y'all might do your thing but we're gonna play a game called uh this or that, very simple, just like it sounds. You know, give you two options. You pick one or the other, and uh, just be decisive. Can't say neither. Can't say both. Got it. All right. This version of this or that is brought to you by Busy Bees Boutique, where they are found in Luttrell, Tennessee, but you can find them on any social media platform. You can go get your Dylan Sampson swag. I was looking at it before the show starts. Man, go get you a shirt so you can go out there and rep it in Knoxville. So be on the lookout for them as well as other Tennessee athletes. But with that, first question, my man, I'm going to find out how Baton Rouge you are. Triplets, Blue Store wings, or wings you can get anywhere in Knoxville? Blue Store. Okay. I'm just I'm just making Blue sure. Blue man, man, look, so I posted a picture just yesterday. Randy, I don't know if you saw it. I know Daniel ain't never on Twitter. They was talking about how run down the store looked, and so they don't know they would trust that place. I said, the more run down it looks, the more I actually trust the food. Hey, I told people what I miss. I told people I miss just going to the gas station and get a plate of food. I can't do that over here, man. <laughs> hey, if you ever come to Memphis, you can do it here. Yeah, oh, yeah everywhere. I, I everywhere. So, but yeah, no, man, we don't we don't hit a tailgate without hitting up the the blue store on the way. I plan on I plan on doing it first weekend, so. I'm glad you know. I, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna make sure that uh all the folks that that arguing with me about wings, including diamond balls, Randy. I'm gonna make sure your boy hears this. <laughs> all right, but with that, let's go to something else I've been arguing about, man. I which one do you like better, dark mode black uniforms or the smoky grays? Man, <laughs> I think, man, I think I gotta say the black. I think I think I gotta say the black, but we got a new version. I think we got a new version coming out this year, so that might that might change. But that all black just different. Hey, real quick, speaking of the black mode, when y'all had the Kentucky game and they came out and had the light show and they played that spooky Rocky yeah. Top, man, that was how hard was that live? Man, that was tough. That was just like real Halloween, man. Just <laughs> ready to go spooky. turn up. I, yeah. I knew, I knew right then. I'm like, this might be a blowout. They ain't, oh, yeah. they ain't coming back from that. <laughs> I mean, no, for sure. I, I've been pissing off my own fan base because. They're tra- a lot of them are traditionalists. They, they just believe in the basic uniforms, not the alternates. And I was like, man, give me give me Tennessee's black and gray uniforms over anything we got. And they was man, it, they, they was getting bent. But <laughs> man, man y'all y'all got the best that. two alternate uniforms. Y'all came in there in those grays. Not only did y'all beat LSU down, y'all looked so good doing it. That's what made it worse. That was the first time we ever wore grays on the road too. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, y'all can like I said, y'all cannot come back and y'all cannot wear those. We. we <laughs> All right, man. This should be an easy question. If you mess this one, I'm gonna be disappointed. You a PlayStation or Xbox guy? PlayStation. All right, better be. All right, what's your favorite game? Um, I don't even play it that much, but I like UFC. Okay, okay. Did you watch that fight the uh the other night? No, I was asleep. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> man, <laughs> it, did, it, it didn't last long for all the hype, man. That's, yeah, I that's heard. <laughs> man, what, what do you think, Ray? What do you figure? A guy named O'Malley wins in Boston. It just made sense, didn't it? It just made sense. <laughs> caught, caught him with the hook, man. Can't get caught sleeping. All right, if you were left on an island and you had one of two options, you're stranded on this island, you can either be all by yourself, chilling, or your worst enemy. What you taking? Uh, I'm going to take my worst enemy. (laughs) 
I'm gonna take my worst. Y'all, y'all gonna line them up. Y'all gonna, y'all gonna play with a rock and play some football. <laughs> Man, hey, you be on there too long. I'll change his mind. I'll change his heart. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. I like the 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 last answer we got. Uh, he said, uh, we build a shelter together. He said, I need so I need somebody that uh strengthen me and we can fight along the way, but we need two so we can make things better. I, 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 what are you thinking? You know, an answer nobody's given us on that question. Their their worst enemy, like if it's a dude, they've never said their worst enemy could have been a chick. I would just, all right, bet. Yeah, my worst that, enemy could be my ex wife, and then <laughs> that's an interesting. She dynamic. won't last long. <laughs> uh, that's funny. All right, man. This this one, man. It's been fifty fifty split all season. Own a massive yacht or a private jet? Private jet. You got a private jet? Where are you going to right now? Football season ain't on deck. You can just go anywhere. Dubai. Ooh, I heard that. Dubai, yeah. Man, what I just see, uh, what they just oh, I know what I want to. You seen that man, you seen on Instagram that burger place that makes some massive ass burgers? Well. In Dubai. It made me mad. I thought it was somewhere in America. I found out I had to wow. go, I had to go to Dubai to get this burger that had like twenty five thousand calories. No, nah, that's crazy. I ain't gonna let. I die trying to eat it, Dylan. I I love to eat, man. Bring it, man. I need to put. I need your <laughs> offensive line with me, bro. I'm telling you. All right, so you man, you've been practicing out there in that heat, which leads to this question: Spend an hour in a walk in freezer or two hours in a sauna. Shit. I'll say a freezer. <laughs> Cause eventually, eventually your body will get used to it. I mean, you've been practicing in a sauna. You should be used to that. Plus, know. you from plus you from Baton Rouge. It gets next level hot down there. Yeah. See, that's why I've been spoiled up here though. <laughs> now I know why you really didn't pick LSU. Dylan, you didn't want you didn't want to practice out there in the levee in that heat. You ain't slick. Hey. <laughs> hey. All right, last one. We're gonna test your character. This is this is the money question. You answer it wrong, Randy's gonna be all over you. All right. Would you rather win the lottery or win the national championship? The national championship. The lottery is scam. They take all your money anyway. Mm, Randy, Dylan. I'll reform this question since the last time you've been on. I know you like it, but you're a money guy. Well, how you feeling? Dylan, my boy. Get that natty for me, baby. I want to put up a trophy back here, too. <laughs> oh, so you finally off money. After eight seasons of telling every that's, athlete this came on different. here, take the money. It's different when it's Tennessee football. That, that's, that's different. I ain't gonna lie. If I get that natty, that money going to follow. This man has <laughs> sat here, this man has no sat here Dylan, and said he would cut me and Daniel as friends and take money over anybody. Oh, for sure. But now he's taking a Tennessee championship. Okay, okay. For so, Dylan, not my – I didn't say no, for no, myself. No, 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 Randy, because you're saying a Tennessee championship is worth more than me and Daniel. That's what I'm hearing right now. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Oh, uh. damn. <laughs> and Daniel, I'm, I don't know how I'm feeling going forward, bro. First of all, DB's I, never going to see one. You've seen two in the last 12, 13 fixing, years. We're fixing to see one this year. Uh, nah. Negative. <laughs> See you in Atlanta, boys. I hope so. We going? We going? Let's make go. it lock. Let's lock go. it up right now. Don't lie to Let's me. Go. Let's okay. go. That's big talk. Big talk. I wouldn't expect anything different, though. I mean, I, I I figured as much, but Dylan, man, it was a pleasure having you on. We'll let you bounce, but before you go, anything you want to plug or promote? Oh no, I'm good. I appreciate y'all for having me. Yeah, not a problem. I'll help you out, though. If y'all want to check out Dylan and see what he's got cracking going over to IG 
lahsamp underscore dot one. You got to talk me through that. How does how does that how do you come up with that? Man, it's just a it's just a Louisiana thing, you know. Um, if you go look at Jamar Chase Instagram, he got the same thing as a lot J. But I think um I don't know if it got a deeper meaning, but that's just how everybody talks. They be like, huh? like be like love brother, or you know what I'm saying. So it's just like La Samp. Um, it's just a Louisiana thing, man. I, I he love Jamar you. Chase, so it just became cool to him. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Jamar Chase. Big fan. Oh yeah, he a good good player. If you want to check out Dylan and the Tennessee Vols football team, IG Vol underscore football, check them out. They'll give you updates on game day. They'll give you updates, stats, highlights, you name it. They're your go-to source for all things Tennessee football. Dylan, man, we appreciate it. We hope, you know, you guys nothing but the best. Best of luck, healthy, safe season, and who knows? Atlanta might be calling your name. Randy will be there. Jim will be there. Never know. Well, let's yes, be clear. If Tennessee's there and LSU's not, I'm not. <laughs> wow. I'm not going to watch that because that means it's Alabama and I'm not going. I'm gonna be on I'm gonna be on the field. Can I have your gloves, Dylan? <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's Dylan Sampson, everybody. We're gonna take a quick break. And I mean quick, because when we come back, we're gonna talk headlines, but we got some discussions to have. We got favorite a list of favorites that we got to jump into because i feel like it's going to get heated but uh stick around and we'll be back here in a minute do you like having posters and supporting your favorite athletes well the athletic collection gives you a chance to do that with the best posters in the game they have many different teams with many different sports myself as an lsu fan i just got myself lsu baseball lsu gymnastics and lsu soccer posters to put up in the man cave so get your posters today at the Athletic Collection, which you can find on Instagram and Twitter. Welcome back to the In Off the Bench podcast. We've got some headlines, I guess a modified version of headlines, but we need to discuss some things. There's some heated debates in the social webs and the inner workings of X or Twitter or whatever you're wanting to call it about just favorite things. Uh, I guess we're going to call it favorite accessories. So like favorite NFL uniform, favorite walk-up song, favorite you know, MLB stadium, just, just to name a few. But Jim, you provided a, a, a nice little list. And I guess we're going to go through here and, and kind of give our favorites um, for some of these, these different topics. The first one is favorite NFL uniform. And you told me before we came on here, not, pick the Cowboys. Cowboys are very traditional. They, they're, they're not my favorite uniform. I was doing some research and I came across um, typically black and red is my favorite color combination. Um, however, I saw the Colts uniforms with a black helmet. Oh, Those are pretty sweet. They are. That, that's, that, I think that's, that's, <laughs> that's my favorite. That's my favorite uniform. Mm. Sure. Go ahead, Randy. The floor is yours. You know, you you said the Cowboys couldn't be picked because they're so traditional, but there's something to that. The Colts have the traditional, but not with the black helmet. The Steelers, they have their, the same one they've always had, essentially. I kind of dig that, but I also like swag, man. I got to go with the Seahawks because they they're they the really one of the first ones that had all these different, the lime greens and the blues and all that. 
I think they do a really good job. They kind of like the Oregon of the NFL. I kind of dig it, man. Also, uh, honorable mention, you talk about black and red. The Cardinals, when they do the all black with the red, it's cold. If if I was an orange guy, I just I can't deal with orange that much. But the Bengals do a pretty good job. Oh, oh, just, just hang tight. But not with the orange they don't. It's not the orange, baby. It's the icy whites, all white with the black stripes is my favorite. They wore them last year for the first time. Them boys from the Bengals look so good in the all whites with the black stripes. Give me that. And that's kind of interesting because my very argument with our boys from Spitting Seeds is they say nothing looks good on black. It looks better on white. And I said colors pop better on black. But the irony is here I am picking the all white uniform with the black on top. They do look good. I ain't gonna lie. They look good. Well, when we talk about favorite college uniform, which is the, the next question, that is my favorite uniform, University of Memphis, when they go all white with that with the tiger stripes. That is a sick uniform. Agreed. I do like when I remember I remember when we had on um Brady White. That was the picture that I used for the advertisement because that picture was so sick. I do not like the silver with the with the blues as much though. Like that chrome, I don't like that. No. But that black, oof. Yeah. You remember the uh th- this isn't my t- but that red chrome Louisville helmet thing? Oh, that was fresh. Yeah. That was Lamar Jackson when he was there. That was right. looking good. And that's the thing. That's that's what we're we're doing our favorites now, but like the idea is we're just kind of we're just kind of testing the waters. But I want to like deep dive this thing and actually like look through everybody's because you know our answers today may change, especially after some of these teams unveil these these new color combinations or these new helmets, whatever the case may may be. You know they're always coming up with new stuff. Sure. But you know what, Randy? Mine. I'm gonna say it, bro. I just said it on the episode a minute ago. Oh, them uniforms y'all came into our house and smacked us down with. I'm a, I'm just a fan of the smoky grays with the orange on top. They look good. There ain't no doubt about it. No doubt. But my favorite one, can't say Oregon. I didn't mention that. When they when Tennessee comes out, spooky season, that's S-Z-N, the all blacks with the rocky top. Man, boy, that is the jam. All black helmet with the orange teed stripe. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wear them every game and, and you know what this is one of those times where i won't get on you for being a homer because you're not lying like it you know it'd be like oh you picked this team but i mean tennessee's got it going with the swag you know what all those have in common though it's nike every uniform we're talking about is nike randy when when tennessee goes black is there an uproar in the fan base about the traditional color and not being a school color and all the same bullshit that yes it's so stupid well and that's what's going on in my lsu debate so what started that was taylor's dc DeSoto central they wear the they have lsu colors but they wear they're one of their jerseys they wear it over a black over black and it's alternate i love it love the way it pops and they said you don't use black with traditional colors. They were traditionalists. They said you don't mix anything with traditional colors. I'm an alternate type guy. I love these alternate uniforms. I do too. And you know what? Who loves them, Jim? Recruits. And that's what we're trying to appeal to. (laughs) Right. But, man, give me some bright colors that are popping off the black all day. So, from uniforms, we go to tailgate food. Jim, what's your favorite tailgate food? I feel like after Omaha and baseball season, you have a pretty good, clear – Pretty good indication of what your favorite tailgate food is. 
Yeah, if you're if you're in Louisiana specifically, you just heard us talking about it. Uh, blues wings, um, man, and and y'all remember y'all remember when we started this show? I was such a child. I like honey barbecue wings. I I was I was I'm, I apologize, guys. But I'm no, you had chicken nuggets, bro. You had bones. I know, I know. Dino nuggets. Now I'm like a wing connoisseur, and like so for me, it's it's wings. But if you but if you have them available, especially because I'm sticking to that Cajun flavor, boudin balls are like fire. But yeah, wings wings for me. Let's get messy. Make sure you got napkins. Let's do it. Randy, what, what about you? What are you going to for tailgate? Love, love wings. Love them. That would be my favorite thing. But you know what? For this very argument, because Jim said wings, give me the traditional glizzy, DB. Give me a hot dog. Burn it up a little bit. <laughs> Here, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I think one of my biggest pet peeves is when I go to a tailgate and there's a grill. I don't know why. Like, I get, like, I just don't like a grill. I like, that is weird. He's, it is weird, you know, and I think it's because in Tampa, it's 900 degrees, and the last thing you want to do is fire up a grill. You ever been to Louisiana during football I mean, season? It's hot yeah, as hell. I guess you're right, man. I don't know. Um, but, he, he, he'd hang out with Hot Rod one time, Randy, and change that to him. Now, that's I, all good food, and there's everything at Hot Rod's, all of it. I would rather go for, like, a nice, like, sub sandwich. Oh my God! Move to the next question. Let's go. And, and, and Randy, and the reason why is because, <laughs> a nice cold cut because I brought up high rods. It it wouldn't be crawfish because it's not filling enough. Agreed. You got to eat like a pound and two pounds. And so yeah, I, if if I got to do that much work, yeah, nah. I'm with you. All right. A cold Daniel cut. What's up, man? Why don't you just go ahead and say a protein yeah, shake, dog? BMT. Can he's I have some banana peppers? Yeah, no, he doesn't want to show up where there is a grill. He wants a blender there so he can get his smoothie. Oh, I do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Favorite MLB uniform. I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna stick with my theme. I don't like the Cincinnati Reds, but they're all black. The red with the red letters that they like Dela Cruz on. My, that is the hardest uniform, maybe in all of pro sports right now. Picking a rival, how dare him! I, I know, I know. And I'm going with, I'm going with the baby blues, the Cardinals. Oh, I love them. They're alternates. Those are so fresh. So, do I got to pick a different one since you picked mine? I feel like I got to because Randy did that on the wings. Yeah. That's why I went. Give me, give me Oakland's, give me Oakland's green and yellow. That's disgusting. Give me Oakland's green and traditional yellow. Give me those things. That's not quite as bad as a sub sandwich at a tailgate, but it's it's getting there. Well, I I had I had St. Louis's uh, powder blues, but you know they're so fresh. You know why don't the Cardinals do like a bright red with powder blue as as the Cardinal man? That would be fresh. Speaking of, I like the uh, I like the Braves alternate with the bright red with the the navy blue or whatever. No, the, that would be the Braves the Braves win too much. I hate them. And by the way, we lost tonight eleven to one because that's how terrible we are. Virus. We just send everybody down to the Redbirds. It's the re- me and Daniel talked about it while you're gone. The reason, like we've talked about MLB, but we do it so fast, we kind of like gloss over it because it's kind of depressing. Like we'll talk about his we'll talk about his Rays and the Orioles race. And you know, we talked about you know it's basically going to be the Braves and Dodgers round three in the in the NL, and then we just kind of like move on. We yeah. get hung up on the the Rangers and the Astros. 
Since I haven't been here, it's no coincidence that they went to the Devil Rays throwback and then Wander Franco. I mean, all right. Since you haven't been here, I got a question. I got to go off or on topic, but off what we're doing. Randy, how I feel like Houston, it's not because we know Drew Gilbert. And if you look what Drew's doing right now, I understand what Verlander does for you right now. And it's a a right now moment. But and it wasn't even just Drew, it was two top prospects. I feel like Houston made a mistake. I mean, I I don't just because Verlander's been there, dude. And like that, pitchers are a dime a dozen. Verlander is not. I I mean, I I don't, I wish you, I wish they'd have kept Drew, but I'm not, I'm not sad the dude ain't playing for the Astros. No. And I mean, he's, he's doing well, you know, where he's at. And now he's, he's with, with Blade Tidwell and they're doing the thing. So it's all good. Speaking of the Mets, what a douchebag Pete Alonso is. Throwing Mason wins first and career, and that's your boy what a too. Douchebag. So, are you just mad in the moment, or are you gonna be mad, Peter? Because that's your guy. He was my guy until he got this money. He's changed. I don't really like him no more, man. I don't really mm. like. He's he's changed, man. Back bear. when he made more money at the home run derby than he did all season long, I liked him. He was like an underdog story. Now he's a douche. Pride mm. of Tampa Bay. <laughs> Talking about old Pete Alonso. Oh, proud of Tampa Bay. I thought that was uh you, you, you know our boy Tommy Tanks. Mm. You got a new Facts. pride of Tampa. Mm. Facts. All right. Favorite college baseball uniform. Smoky Grace, for sure. Tennessee. All right. <laughs> so so i we can pick individual uniform. I didn't put this on there, but I got to thinking about it. I also want to do overall kit because that matters, man. Because for instance, like I could say Ole Miss Powder Blues, but then I don't like any of the rest of their uniforms uh, at all. Yeah, individually, I would pick Ole Miss Powder Blues right after Smoky Graves, but Kit, that's Tennessee. Because when they, the black too, it's, uh, I love it. Since you said Tennessee, I had a feeling you'd say that. And so I actually was prepared on this one for the, give me North Carolina. I love them too. Actually, I think Wake Forest is a fresh. Yeah, no. Wake but they're simple. Like they're not, it's not like it pops, but it's just, it looks good. See, it's like, that you can go like Vanderbilt, that's a kit that tries too hard to do something. Yeah, I'm not even a fan of their their military ones, and I usually am a fan of everything military. That I don't even like those. Yeah, I don't I don't know. The just the black and pinstripe, the black I don't know. There's something about it. Maybe it's just it's because it's Vanderbilt, but to me it's like they're trying way too hard to do I think they're to, too to be the Saints. Yeah, maybe. Um, who's got like uh, this? This is towards both y'all. Who's got maybe like so? Because we hear about the uniforms we're we're bringing up. Who's maybe got an underrated one that maybe people don't you know give enough respect to? Maybe like a TCU, like a a black and purple, or a purple and gray, or a smoky gray and purple. I'm not gonna lie to y'all. This is sacrilegious, but Florida's black ones. Kind of fresh. Did you say that on this show? I did, man. Because you see, you're all talking about how you're going to get cags on. I'm trying to like talk myself into it. Uh, They're kind no, of fresh until man. we until we do it. We haven't done it. You know what I'm saying? Ugliest uniforms in the SEC to me is A&M. I'm I'm saying like period, all of it. Because they just it's just blah, and the team is blah, and they suck, and their little cult it sucks too. 
You know, okay, since you said that, and this has nothing to do with my son or anything else, maybe underrated is, is maybe Mississippi State's kit. They got those new all-white icy whites and then the the Sunday black. <laughs> I hate that it's not all black, but, you know, they got the black with the maroon over the top. Um, those are those are low-key nice. But, yeah, you're right about um, what made me think about that was just, like, the the color, of you know, kind of maroon in general. Like, but, yeah, a- A&Ms are, are pretty – like. There's a lot of people that like Arkansas and, you know, we'll get into this when we do our deeper dive, um, the, the gray ones, um, and there's a traditional a on there. I understand tradition, but they're so plain to me. Yeah. I don't really like theirs at all. I don't like it. Daniel, you should have said Memphis, bro. Memphis got that tight uniform. Well, like seven people see them play baseball. Oh, they got to win some games. Oh, Hey, they look they- soccer field. That's all that matters. Plus, they they didn't bring my boy Julian back, so they're dead to me. They're dead oh. to me. Mm. Mm. Like that, huh? Yeah. Coach Riser's coming in and just, just pissing Randy off. He is. He is. You know what? I heard this from a guy this past Friday. Julian. He said, to sell Memphis, you got to be Memphis. And he ain't wrong, DB. He ain't wrong. Memphis, for what it's worth, signed a really good Lewisburg kid today. So they're doing something. I think, look, good coach, good dude, staff's good, staff's fine. But I think that you could have kept a Memphis kid who has been there, done that, got the t shirt, played minor league ball. Like, I I think he would have been an asset. I think you're right. But I think he's going to, I think it comes down to Dallas. Dallas. It definitely does. All right. Walk-up song. What is your – Jim, you've seen a lot of baseball in person. For me, like, I don't – I couldn't answer this song because I haven't seen enough baseball in person. And on TV, you don't really get walk-up songs, so it's hard for me to really pick. So I'll start with you. Okay. So, so it would have been – if it, it would have been Desperado that Tommy White comes out to, but Justin Bench from Ole Miss came out to it the year before. Uh, so I couldn't do one. And I'm the one I'm going to pick, somebody's probably used before, but I didn't hear it in back-to-back seasons. I'm going to I'm gonna be a homer and go LSU. I'm going to go Gavin Dugas, Shoot to Thrill by ACDC. That's pretty decent. Randy, you got a favorite walkout song? Yes. Chase Burns. Jim's gonna hate it. Crunk ain't dead. <laughs> uh, you guys know my style. What? Who's walkout song would I like? Jared from Subway. Mm. Before, before before I answer that, I do like something about it's it's not it's not like my favorite song, but Randy, I do like something about a guy from Mississippi that plays for Ole Miss coming out to a Mississippi song. And Mitch Morrell, the the closer this past season for Ole Miss coming out to Mississippi Queen, is yeah. that that's well done. I like that. Um, that's true. Let's see with what Daniel likes. Who comes out to three six? Randy, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm just looking. I was looking back. Probably like uh, Zach Joyce last year. He came out to Mr. Carter by Lil Wayne. That was I, was I was fixing to say my favorite player, uh, Braden Joe Bear, came out to go DJ. Go DJ. I can do with that. I can do with that. 
You you gotta get you gotta make it to more games because one of, one of the fun parts about walk up songs, Randy will tell you is, and obviously you play college ball, so you're not unfamiliar, but you just have memories. You can we we talk about genres of music on here all the time. You could have any combination back to back. You could have the countryest of country songs with rap follow right behind it, or you know vice versa. You know rock and then rap like like you don't know what you're getting back to back, and it, it's it's wild. Like Mississippi State when. Cumbus was coming out to John Deere Green, and then Kellum Clark was coming right back, uh, right behind him. Was so bad by Eminem was the weirdest combination I've ever heard in baseball. Right. Moving on, best football atmosphere, Jim. What do you got? Well, I put you've been to because I mean I haven't been to all of them, so I can't I can't speak to all of them. Um, but I'm going to say. The best one I've been to was 2019 LSU against Florida at night um, when we pulled ahead two touchdowns in the fourth quarter and the whole stadium was doing the Gator Chomp. Um, it was absolutely electric. Right. All right. Specific moment. Randy, what you got? You know, it'd be so easy to just pick Tennessee. But I'm not. I'm going to pick the University of Memphis versus SMU. College game day. The world's watching. Sold out stadium. Standing room only. If there's ever a regret in my life, it's not just ponying up and coming down. Man, you could have stayed with one of us, man. You'd have been it'd have been cool, dog. You, you wouldn't have had to pay for no you wouldn't even have to pay to get in. I'd have got you, bro. Here's here's the problem. Is that trip, I can't make that trip by myself. No, both of y'all. I mean, I wouldn't have kicked Michelle out, man. I mean, wouldn't be like, no, sorry, I know you don't know my name, but you can't stay here. Can't stay here. Can't sit here. And your parents no, are still I, living here then too. You could have been staying with them. Yeah, man. What you're offering up a place? He's got his own damn room. <laughs> yeah, and it was just literally three minutes from my house. Pretty messed up. Ah. Anyhow, I think for me, it's University of Memphis against North Texas. In the New Orleans Bowl. That's dope. That's dope. I think I thought you were going to pick Penn State, the, nah, the Cotton Bowl. So I could have, and like being that it was in Dallas and and the stadium and all that was great, but we ended up losing the game. But I think that game doesn't have the meaning if you don't have the Memphis versus North Texas game. Nah, that's true. That kind of shifted the whole belief of what Memphis football could do. And like, I mean, it was, it was unbelievable when you can walk into the stadium with a two liter of Coke mixed with Southern comfort and nobody says, (laughs) that's great. No doubt. I told Maurice, by the way, I told him what three games I was coming to this year, Daniel. And I said, I need a pick six. He was like, oh, you're going to put the pressure on me to take it to the house? I said, yeah, man, a pick's just too easy to ask for. All right, best baseball atmosphere you've been to. Randy, best baseball atmosphere. Is this college or pros? Just in general, I think. Okay, best baseball atmosphere I've ever been to, period, bar none, nothing even close. Cardinals, Dodgers, playoffs. Nothing close. That place, when it's electric and that team is good, there's not another. I ain't been to all of them. I can't tell you. There's, that is atmosphere is unmatched. But 
college for sure. LSU this year against Tennessee, that atmosphere was on another level. So I think for me, it's kind of a, it's, there's a two, two answers I have. So in general, just a, a, not like a special like event. Like I think the atmosphere around the city of Chicago on a game day and going to Wrigley field, I think that experience is probably the best atmosphere I've been to as far as a, a professional baseball game. It's dope. I will say that, you know, a playoff game, Rays, Red Sox playoff game, unbelievable, packed out. You know, you got a lot of Sox fans. You got a lot of Rays fans. It's heated. They don't like each other. Um, you win the game in the 10th inning, and, like, that is a memorable and a, and a good atmosphere. But I think overall, just on a day-to-day basis, what you can get at Wrigley Field is, is top-notch. Jim, what you get? So if I was going place, uh, you know, because obviously I'm thinking college, um, I would say Duty Noble it just as a whole. But atmosphere, uh, this isn't this or that, so I can pick two and don't have to be decisive. Um, ironically, they're both semifinal games. They're not the championship game. Give me 2021 Mississippi State versus Texas or 2023 LSU against Wake Forest. Um, you in both games, in both games, yeah, I mean, you got you got Will Bednar against um damn, I'm blanking. What was Texas's ace, Randy? Um ah. Man, I can see him. They, they right. faced them both times because they faced them in Arlington. And, and every guy, as a matter of fact, we should all three know because all the Mississippi State guys have came on here and said that was the best pitcher they faced all year easily. Ah, uh, okay. Anybody who's listening is going to dog me for that. And then obviously, um, you had uh, Rhett Louder against Paul Skeens. Like those, those two, um, and the electricity just coming off. It really, it really speaks to how it doesn't always have to be about offense because in those particular games, it was about a pitching matchup. Let me ask you this. Is it just the atmosphere of Omaha that magnifies that to be what it is? Because just take it and let's say Rhett Louder and Paul Skeens play a midweek game. It it just happens to match up like not in Omaha, not for anything. Does it does the atmosphere then change? Let's say they're the same dudes, they're the same studs, but like atmosphere change I, I think for i think for lsu wake forest but not for texas mississippi state the the pitcher was tom madden but that stadium was split 50 50 both travel so well and and, and i can speak to even just seeing texas at a regular season game at like globe life when they were playing lsu and watching them go back and forth with the lsu fans who travel well um so i really think 2021 was really about just it being a packed house and you actually had a split crowd so it, it was electric from from that standpoint i feel like omaha 2023 what because there wasn't just a ton of wake forest fans i really feel like it was just and and, and it was cool because even as an lsu fan across the board they had the respect level they had for the team on the other side i mean you you heard everybody say it that felt like the championship game not not lsu florida I've, I forgot to mention this one. Um, the Cardinals played the Reds, and I want to say it was the last season uh, at Bush before they transitioned to the new ballpark. But Michelle and I had went to a game, and it was it was eight to one in like the sixth inning, and 
it didn't get any better. The seventh inning, it looked bad. The eighth inning rolls around, and Michelle's like, you want to leave? And I was like, no, we're not going to leave. They, there could be a chance. Them Jokers turn around and scored nine runs in the ninth to come back and win the game, and that atmosphere, it got crazy. That was fun. So, But, yeah, that, that was cool. Nice. Right. Best baseball football stadium you want to visit the most? This is easy. Jim, we were talking about this the other day. Buffalo. 100%. I want to go tailgate. I want to do it all. I want to go to the stadium. I want to see the game. I want to do that whole the whole thing. Daniel wants to be put through a table so bad. Let's do it. Let's it's go. the wrestling thing that does it for him. Yep, that's it, man. Well, now yeah. i got to say a different one, man. Buffalo's a great one, but you know where I want to go? I want to go to a whiteout Penn State game just because it looks so dope. That was their big debate over what was better um, Penn State at night or LSU at night. I'm going to go LSU just because it's more rowdy, but it looks like I don't, I don't, Penn State's pretty rowdy. Wisconsin, when they're doing the jump around, that's no, that's I, 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 I thought you were, you know, you start going that level. I thought you were cutting me off uh, before I said mine. I, man, I know they're not very good at football anymore, but send me to Blacksburg to be a part of Inner Sandman with Virginia Tech. I almost said it, but it's kind of been dead, bro. That, yeah, they they can can I get can I get Michael Vick back on the field <laughs> with the Inner? But man, that thing is crazy, and I mean, you know, who doesn't like some Metallica getting you amped up? I agree. That's dope. All right, baseball stadium you want to visit the most. Um, and it would only be perfect now because of who who's coming up through the system for them now. Um, I'm gonna go to PNC Park and I want to see Paul Skeen's pitch now to just add a little exit. So I'm giving you more than the park. I'm giving you what I want to see. But no, when you see the pictures in the backdrop of the city and everything, um, you know, they talk about there's just not Pittsburgh's not a great city as a whole, but man, when you look at that field and or that stadium and you, you look at it it's man it's like they got that at the very minimal all right Randy, what about you where do you want to go check out a baseball game yankee stadium i think that's the classic the original you know i want to see it i want to see the you know left field wall all the 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 wall of uh fame basically and i'm not you know look i'm not a yankees fan but just to see it man i think you got to do it i've been to the cardinals been to the reds i've been to uh obviously i've been to wrigley uh, I mean, ain't nothing like Bush, but I want to go to Yankee Stadium, baby. Oh. Uh, I definitely would say Fenway and sitting on top of the, the Green Monster would be up there. For sure. That's, that's mine. That's mine. The exact scenario, sitting on the Monster, watching a game, having a beer. A lager. Daniel's going to fall over the wall making the catch. No, uh, I'm going to make the catch standing, holding, holding a beer. Making the catch. No, I need you to Baby do it. In one Baby arm, in one hand. That's where I was beer. going. Yeah. Catch the ball in the beer. I've seen it happen. I will say I think it would be cool as well to go to the Cape just for a season and kind of go to a few different. Dude, so you know, it's not like a, you're not going to be blown away at the, the places you go watch baseball. I sent you the pictures of this, but I'm sure Randy was following it. Our man Steven, shocked. He went through the whole experience this year. He stayed in one of the, the houses that the players do with other players, and he was going from game to game. He even caught three games in one day because the, the times 
fit to where he was able to do it. Um, that dude's living his best life. He got to spend his summer in the Cape, and then he went to um, maybe you know where this is, Daniel, or Matt Rennie, the Appalachian League during the summer. And so then he did that afterward. And so my man's out there just getting to watch baseball year round. I'm jealous. I mean, I didn't see anybody, that, but sounds dope. If there's anybody out there that wants to send us to the Cape just for, you know, a, a weekend or two, like we'll settle for the Appalachian League first. For real. I'll, Are you going to be sad if Freddie Prince isn't there, bro? No, I was going to ask him if he. <laughs> he could get me set up you know he's he was from there i was hoping maybe he could hook it up maybe what would, would you would you rather see jessica bill come out the pool or freddie prince pitch a no hitter jessica bill come on that's not that's is that a question <laughs> i mean jessica bill then or now a no hitter in the cape league it won't even be in the paper part just that's what he said. That's, that's a, but no, that's what he says in the movie. A no hitter in the Cape League won't even be in the paper tomorrow. Big facts. All right. Last call. Tim, what do you want to talk about before we get out of here? Man, I sent this to you boys earlier. And assuming that no one moves within the next week, um, man, Harrisburg against Binghampton. I said five out of six guests, really six out of six guests, boys, because Rowdy Jordan has made this show when the Tennessee boys and Hoover took his hotel room and Pavs answered the phone and found out that they had took in Rowdy Jordan's room. So, you know, we can say six out of six, but that matchup will feature Drew Gilbert, Blade Tidwell, Rowdy Jordan, Paul Gervais, Trey Lipscomb, and Dylan Cruz. I wish you talk about going to New York. I wish I was in New York for a double A series to watch all those dudes. It's a list of studs. Randy, last call. What you got? Man, you know what? I was telling somebody at work today, it is almost time for us to hate each other for the right reasons again, DB, for who we root for on Saturdays. All will be right with the world again in less than two weeks. Tennessee kicks off their national championship campaign. You know, LSU, we got year two under BK. I mean, Memphis, they got Bethune-Cookman. I mean, everything's looking up. Can't wait. Let's go. It's not as good It's not as good as soccer season that just started with Memphis beating Ole Miss, boys. Sorry. Yeah, that's a good one, too. But, actually, college game day debuts this very Saturday, DB. Is it Notre Dame by chance? No, I think it's like Vanderbilt versus Hawaii, so nobody will watch it. And it's like at 11 a.m. Yeah, I was looking at the games, man. We don't have any close uh, point spreads there. Um between the no. games that are going now. Yeah, I was going to say, we week zero, like, we don't have to do picks for week zero. Well, the week one really doesn't. Outside of Florida State and LSU, um, I was looking. There's maybe two on there that, like, are interesting. Let me – is is Utah and Florida interesting to you on a Thursday night? It is because Utah's starting quarterback is out. Rising – riser, rising – yeah. Rising. He's out. Their tight end is out. So I think that everybody thinks Florida is going to go like four and eight. I do too. I hope they go 0 and 12. But I think they got a chance to win that game because they do have talent. Like they do have talent. And I don't think Utah can afford to lose frontline guys and beat Florida. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to look across the field and they're going to play guys that have good athleticism and great speed. 
And those it's are two things that are a problem for for any team, much less a team that doesn't have their starting QB and it's the first game of the season because athleticism tends to, you know, take over in those early week game or early in the season games because everything's not all fine tuned with a, a new opponent like it no, would be the travel. Be. The travel can help Utah. I tell you what, I, I tell you what I like, Daniel. I had a lot of people, you know, LSU fans tell me how much they hate that we're playing on Sunday, but it makes it to where I can go watch Memphis on Saturday night. And so uh, sign me up that I get to do Memphis and LSU. Obviously, I'm not going to LSU, but I get I get to actually see Memphis because if they're playing Saturday night, I wouldn't I wouldn't get that luxury. So lo- log me in. I'm going to go watch the Tigers play Bethune-Cookman. Bethune-Cookman. Supposed to be Missouri, but those P words. Shouldn't even be. In the- I-, I listened to the funniest segment the other morning, Randy. Them just talking. They were going on a rant about how Missouri just didn't belong in the SEC, and we all know that. But it was the it was the way and the jokes that they're making. It was one of the funniest segments I heard. What about a Colorado TCU week one? I love it. It's good. Yeah, it's good for Prime. I mean, because there I mean, is some big games. Yeah, I mean that's when I'm trying to find the the reasons to watch certain games in week one and mentioned like as far as a top 25 matchup LSU and Florida State's about it but like there's a Boise State Washington that's intriguing to me um you know that's that's it Penn State West Virginia you know and then you've got your LSU and Florida State the Sunday but I think you can find a lot to watch in week one you know, it's uh, interesting. I went to see just to look ahead to see week two because week one was so weak. And anyway, on ESPN, a top 25 matchup does just make you guys laugh. Ole Miss at Tulane. That just doesn't even sound right. Go ahead, Tulane. But that Holy Texas God. Alabama is going to be the, the matchup of week two that everybody's going to be looking to. Not to get way too ahead. Randy, are we, are we buying any stock? in Texas having a chance at Alabama. Yes, I am. I don't think Alabama has a quarterback. I don't either, and that's why I, I thought it was interesting they were ranked as high as they did. I think they they got the respect because they're Alabama and it's Nick Saban. I think that's the only reason they got ranked four. They, they, it's not – look, we saw what happened last year. They got ranked ahead of Tennessee and they lost Tennessee. So they always get the benefit of the doubt, and they don't deserve it. Nick Saban, your time is up, sir. Time is up. Your time is now. Oh, Nick Saban, you just made the list. <laughs> All right, guys, let's let's, uh, let's bounce. Let's get out of here. I want to thank our guest, Dylan Sampson, for joining us tonight. If you like hearing Dylan's story or you just like hearing us average Joes talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, feedback, hearts, hugs, loves, We'll take it all. Thumbs up. You name it. We'll take it. We love it all. As Jim would say, we want all that smoke, especially on, on X. He wants people in his DMs. They want, he wants – it's football season too, Jim, and Tennessee's coming at you. Uh, yeah, you got a lot of nerve doing this on a Tennessee episode because they will come in my DMs, and it will be inappropriate. I mean, not saying it wasn't, it wasn't planned, you know. <laughs> 
But we got next week, well, actually in two nights, uh, Wednesday night, we got a big one, episode 14. We're going to be talking LSU baseball with some champs. The champs are going to be in the building. Gavin Guidry, Griffin Herring, they're both going to join us. They're going to talk to us a little bit about the magical journey they were on. And Jim is probably going to sit here all night and, and rap with those dudes. Jim, how long is this rundown going to be with these guys? Uh, it's not going to be as long as, as you think because it's two guys and I know how stressed out you get when there's two guests. So I'm going to do you a solid. I appreciate that. I, it's... Plus, hey, here's the good news. Here's the good news. They're also both coming off their freshman campaign, so they don't have a long career that we got to dive into. They just got one year with the national championship. It's easy. That's a long season, man. They played the <laughs> most games that they could possibly play. The big, The biggest thing we'll have to discuss – is Gavin Gidry's a unique case because he wants to play the field, not pitch anymore. And we're going to see where we're at on that. Interesting. Interesting. Imagine okay. being that badass of a closer and you want to play shortstop instead. You better stick to the pen, bro. <laughs> I'll let you have that conversation. All right. I will. I'll tell him. Hey, man, let's keep your ass in that bullpen. Don't you leave until the ninth. Got it. Maybe the eight. That's it. All right, guys, let's get out of here. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp mind, grit and grind all the time. We're out.